Welcome to Forever Exiled. I am Justin AK Tags. And I'm Tyler Recker of Days. It's episode 207, and we are joined by the one and only Octavian. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for How having me you? on the show. Yeah, welcome back. <clears throat> I never yeah, actually looked. True. Thanks for having You're... me on the show. A uh, second, a third time? Yeah, uh, that's right. Third time. It, I feel like your first one, I think you were like right after Tarky. I think it was like one of our earliest ones. Tarky was our first yeah. person. I think you were the second person that we had on. So yeah, you're back for 207. I feel like it was a long time ago. that we 207 is a lot of episodes. It is a lot of episodes. It's true. Let's find out though. Hang on. Well when, when, what was the episode you were first on? It was 30 something, somewhere in the 30s or 40s, but yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us and uh, making sure. some time in your schedule way over there in New Zealand. Episode yeah. 28. Was it 28? Wow. Dang, that was a long time ago. Uh, just real quick, patrons, anybody that signs up, we'll shout you out. We're recording this earlier than it's going to come out. So thank you, patrons. We love your faces. It gets you access to After Dark Podcast after the podcast. So if you're curious, check it out. All right. So are you still Octavian? Like, is it? I don't know. Do you use yeah. that name much anymore? Yeah, actually. Um, a decent decent chunk of people at the office call me Octavian. It's it's pretty interchangeable, honestly. I mean, still at this point, probably more people, if you're just talking absolute numbers, know me as Octavian than as, as Chris. So Even at work? I just Yeah, I just meant like in general, you know, because uh, however many people watched my stream probably is still more people than have uh, than I've met in real life. Right, right. That you work with. That makes sense. And huh. is it Chris with a K or a CH? You spell it C -H. wrong or right? CH. Now, do is you that, have any personal? Right? Well, depends. We're going to say have the correct any way. personal feelings towards people that have Chris spelt with a K? Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. A little bit, right, though? <laughs> <laughs> One of our best friends is a Chris with a K. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a douche. Like Mm -hmm. oh, okay, wow. so you still still go with Octavian then? So that's we're fine if we if we uh, yeah if that's we fine. Go with Octavian. Sweet. Uh, I mean, okay, I was, so I was Octavian well before I started streaming as well. You know, just like in games or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your buddies Sweet. come over like, hey, can Octavian come out to play? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Friends, I Not assume quite that long Chris. ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'll. Just real quick, I guess, how was your week? You've had obvious, we're going to talk about all your craziness that's happened in a little bit, but are you relaxing uh, yet? Are you starting to get back into life? I mean, I'm still adjusting in terms of time zones um, in that I now have the sleep schedule of like an 80 year old man. Like I'm asleep <laughs> at like 8.30 p.m. and I get up at like 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily the worst thing. How long have you been back now? Uh, I got back, what, when did I get back? I got back Thursday, and it is now Wednesday, so a little less than a week ago. Mm. And did you <clears> go straight back to work? I remember you saying you might take those two days off. I took Thursday, Friday off, yes. I had a four-day weekend, which was nice. Cool, nice. living the dream. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So you went from New Zealand time, which is basically the future. That's like, what, For most 17, of the world, yes. 18, so... Any robots helping you out around the house on a regular basis? Do we have um, that to look forward to? Not for me, no. But, you know, maybe I just can't afford robots yet. <laughs> it's not just on basic or anything. So then you went to Germany for GamesCon. You were part of the GamesCon crew, and it was that same mm -hmm. crew that went to PAX West. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Was it the exact same crew? There was no difference in people? Yeah, it, it was It was the same folks. I mean, actually, well, at, at uh, Gamescom, we had a temp company that was helping us out, since Gamescom is so massive. 
So there was like four or five people who were, you know, like they were hired by a company whose job it is to get people to help at these events. So mm-hmm. they were more like setting things up and making sure that the booth looked nice and, you know, managing the line and that sort of thing. Um, whereas at PAX, it was, it was just us. So that group, that temp group was assigned just to you guys. Like they're assigned just to you guys while you're there. Um, we had a few people who were assigned just to us. I imagine the temp agency was working with other booths at the convention. Sure. But yeah, mm-hmm. there was like what, four or five people that were assigned to our booth. Wow. Yeah. Like, it was, uh, they, I saw pictures from Rishi and it's, it looked massive compared to PAX. Yeah. Gamescom was huge. Like in, in basically every way, um, uh, clone, uh, which I'm pronouncing horribly. The, <laughs> um, the city where it's held is like hmm. a, a good chunk of its economy is based around the fact that they have this massive convention center that can house literally hundreds of thousands of people. Um, I think it was like 340 K people showed up to, to Gamescom. And it's like um, eight or 13 buildings. I thought Rishi was saying like, it- uh, it's at least double digits. I don't wow. know. I don't remember precisely how many, but, um, you know, I, at one point I visited hall 11. So yeah, definitely <laughs> double digits. Good Lord. We were, we were lost with two. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, PAX PAX felt chill by comparison. Is that right? Well, that's good. Uh, We were running around with our heads cut off trying to find you guys. We were like, we ended up in the same building three different times from three different (laughs) avenues and going up the same escalator totally was different, but it was the same one. And yeah, Yeah, we were lost. Heavily lost. Any good convention is is like a maze. That's (laughs) the first one we've been to them. Have you been to them before? Um... Not tons, but yeah, a handful. I mean, obviously I've been to XLCon a couple mm-hmm. of times, but that's on a, um, you know, that, that's like a much smaller scale. Um, uh, but I've also been to, I went to PAX East when I was living in Boston, um, or near Boston, I should say, not technically in Boston, but same difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to, oh, there was one in San Antonio when I was living in, in, uh, in texas i don't remember if it was pax or a different convention but but video game related yeah some gaming convention i was there um the very first work i ever did in video games was league of legends related stuff and i was there for that Um, what kind of work casting um, okay like doing play-by-play for Mm -hmm. uh, collegiate level league of legends Hmm. that's cool was that before streaming uh technically yeah i mean i it was on streams but yeah it wasn't on my channel um and that was before i you know streamed as a job or anything it's kind of what segued into streaming as a job because it was not really going anywhere and i got frustrated and just decided to start doing doing broadcasts myself because i was working for a lot of amateur organizations because that was like how i was trying to get my foot in the door and i kept seeing them make a lot of the same mistakes over and over and over again with their broadcasts and i was like i can do this better (laughs) um and so i just started streaming and i made a lot of mistakes as well (laughs) but eventually it worked out sweet and so broadcasting for a living do you miss it um yes and no i mean streaming is fun streaming is this incredibly like primal gratifying thing because it's just constant little hits of dopamine every time somebody says something in chat even if they're not saying something you know obviously saying if they're saying something like oh your build is so cool then that's that's a hit of dopamine but even just interacting with people you know sure. people in your chat there to watch you do a thing like that is inherently um you know pretty gratifying and 
like yeah there's a part there's definitely a part of my brain that misses that probably because it wires your brain weird if you do it for five years straight sure um but what i don't miss is the like uh you know the bits of drama here and there though i was never really too embroiled in that and the um the instability of income sure where particularly with path of exile um where like on a league launch month you'd make you know four or five times what you make on a end of league month right so you can find like a balance from the beginning to the end yeah versus a steady paycheck mm. each every two weeks or whatever mm-hmm. it is uh okay new zealand life versus u.s that's you're a big now, change going for how long? from from the boston area to new zealand how uh, long have you been a little bit more than a year now um, okay maybe like 14 15 months or something like that uh though i guess sub- subtract one for the month i spent traveling right um <laughs> But honestly, I've been asked that question a good amount by like family and friends and you know people in New Zealand and back home in the States. And the biggest surprise to me is that there's not like one huge difference that I can point to. Like it didn't take too long to adjust because it doesn't feel extremely different from the US in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I might get lambasted by some New Zealand listener that you have to your podcast or something who's going to be really offended by this statement, but... It honestly, <laughs> I, I don't really feel that out of place. Um, That's good. Yeah. And, you know, maybe maybe a lot of that is the fact that I, you know, came here and immediately started working at a place where I, you know, fit in pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I know Path of Exile pretty good. And, yep. you know, a lot of the people that I'm working with, I've even like worked with incidentally in the past, you know, like I've been on podcasts with and stuff like that. So that probably contributes to not feeling too foreign. Um, but yeah, like there's a few things. Um, New Zealand does not do pizza very well at all. I miss good pizza. (laughs) So it's Um, not very well, or it's just that different that it's crazy. Uh, the pizza. Well, I mean, they don't do weird, different pizzas. You know, they still got the basics like pepperoni, cheese, all that. They just don't do it well. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I said one negative thing. Got to say a positive thing. Yeah, the, the produce here is fucking fantastic. If I'm allowed to swear on this stream, yeah, so you say whatever you want. Yes. Um, say whatever you want. Like, the, why is the, it fresher or what? Yeah, and also just like much less sad. A lot of the produce in American grocery stores, unless you go to the right places, is pretty sad. Um, and like you know, limp or flavorless. Oh, um, like I, uh, the carrots here as an example are the best i've ever had in my life they're very good really wow yes i don't know maybe maybe that's just this area you know new zealand is it's not huge but it's not tiny you know there's probably a difference in that sort of thing if i go down to wellington or whatever i love the idea of you going through like buying groceries and then go buying a carrot and just being like what is this (laughs) (laughs) they're huge too compared to the ones that in the u.s you know they're like they're like that big they're massive i wouldn't have thought anything's bigger anywhere else than the u.s i thought you know, pump it full of whatever, make it as big as it can. <laughs> I'm sure there's large carrots somewhere in the States. Huh. Interesting. So are you like life-wise, do you, are you enjoying it? Like, do you like that difference, that switch? Yeah. I mean, New Zealand is, is pretty great. The only problem that I have with New Zealand is that it's 12 hours flight away from anything else, which is frustrating. Um, you yeah. know, like... I want to see my family back in the States more than once a year, but even that is pushing it, you know, a, uh, a trip that long every six months or something is, so it's a lot of travel. Is it longer than 12 hours to where you have family in the States 
or is it 12? Um, it's a 12 hour flight and then a four hour flight. Right. Yeah. You'd go into uh, LA and then. Yeah. And across. then across the other side of the U S so yep. more like, more like a 12 than a five, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's yeah. I feel, I feel like it was something like 13 for us from the West side of Canada when we went to Exalcon. I feel yeah. like it was around 13 or 14 hours. Yeah. It, it varies hmm. a bit, give or take an sure. hour, but yep. yeah. Around yeah, that there. is a long flight. Long flight and not cheap. Yeah. No, not not particularly. Um, have you done much traveling throughout New Zealand? Not really, no. Which no. is a bit of a shame. Um, I'd like to get down to the Southern Islands at some point so I can see the glaciers there. Um, and maybe in a few years' time, uh, assuming I'm still here, which, you know, I'm hoping to be, uh, <laughs> I'll try and make a trip to go see uh the antarctic ocean or just antarctica i'd like to at some point cool is that Very like a cool. viable trip is that like a thing that they do yeah there's tourist companies that will um you can do things you can do like a flyover um i believe there's the possibility of staying like at one of the stations but that's very expensive mm. um and then i think there's also trips you can do where you're on like one of those icebreaker ships wow that is cool are you an outdoorsy person? Like, is that your thing? Um, more so when I was younger, I say that and I'm not even 30 yet, but I mean, it is true more so when I was like, you know, very early twenties slash late teens, but I'd like to be more. Hmm. I'd be so cold. I'd be angry. Angry. It's not the emotion I expected. Yep. Are I'd you finding the weather the now. same? Like from uh, where, from Boston area to, to you? I didn't even, was my accent good? Was it, was it right on? Yeah, it was great. awesome, wasn't it? It was right Shout on. Justin, yeah. nobody's talking to you. What was it? Perfect? It was right on. Absolutely awesome. perfect. I could feel it. he laughs. I was channeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it's fairly different. Um, New Zealand, people in New Zealand like to think that they have seasons, but really what they have is spring uh, and it changes a bit, uh, but it's, it's mostly spring. Like they have regular spring and then cold spring um, and then they have wet <laughs> spring. And that's pretty much all you got here. Okay. What makes it spring? Just because it's a little bit warmer? Yeah, because it's like not super hot, but it's not really cold either. New Zealand weather is like, I don't know. New New Zealand is just kind of a little too perfect in some ways where it makes you suspicious. (laughs) Something's (laughs) happening. (laughs) You've had some pretty major things happen since you've been there, though. There was... um... You've gone through a hurricane or a monsoon, right? That was when you were there. And then there was some flash flooding in your town as well. Yeah. uh, So this last summer, there was more rainfall during like, I think a week that normally happens for the entire year or something insane like that. I guess, are you used to metric? I'm not trying to interrupt. Uh, in the story but are you metric or are you imperial yeah um i have found it pretty easy to get used to celsius um okay. that that shift made was was not that hard um but getting used to measuring things in metric uh okay. like distance it's and specifically let me find out, my brain does you, not work so well i remember you saying that. that yeah the whole like miles versus kilometers versus oh yeah that's right else. we were talking about that in seattle mm-hmm. yeah. how many inches is 500 millimeters okay so apparently you guys got 19 and a half inches in a weekend or a week of yeah. rain yeah That's yeah wow. really just quite so a lot. from the flooding we had in 2021 crap. they had twice as much 
Holy cow. Ours ours was in like a two day period. Theirs was in like a five day period. It was crazy. Yeah. But so mm. um obviously those are anomalies. You were okay through that? Oh yeah, yeah. The place I'm staying is on a hillside, so didn't have any issues. Um and the hillside's still yeah. there. Yes. Yes. Do you have a lawn? Uh technically it's not huge, but yeah, there's a couple of orange <laughs> trees out there, which is nice. Oh, orange trees, you fancy pants. Who gets orange they're, trees? They're not they're not fancy around here. There's fruit <laughs> trees everywhere. Oh, that's cool. Can you, you eat you oranges can't. off of it? Yeah, absolutely. You you can't hmm. like throw a rock without hitting a fruit tree, particularly citrus around here. Really? Yeah. There's huh. like I do orange and lemons in the backyard. There's you know, on on my walk into work, I pass by like at least a dozen citrus trees. Are you Dang. close enough for work that you get to walk or do you do yeah. transit or what do you do? It's uh, I usually take the bus, but it's like a 25-30 minute walk, so if it's a really nice day, I'll walk in. Hmm. Dang. What's the what's the transit like there in comparison to like where you've lived? Um, a lot of people here complain about the public transport and that's understandable because they're probably used to either an Australian city or maybe even a European city, depending on where they're from. Um, but compared to a lot of places in the States, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, like I lived in Houston for a number of years and it would take me two hours to get to work on the bus there. And it wasn't even that far, you know, Mm. two hours on the bus and what was like maybe a 30 to 40 minute drive. Um, whereas here, you know, the buses are yeah, sometimes they might get canceled or whatever, but generally they're there. Uh, mm. I don't know. It feels like it's not great, but it's not awful. And that is that is better than what I got used to in the States. And really, if it is mostly spring walking, it's kind of nice if it's only 25 to 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So long as it's not pouring out. Yeah. The the Everywhere I've been, people say, oh, the weather here is so unpredictable. It's the most unpredictable in the world. Literally everywhere I've lived, people say that. <laughs> but it's like and it's not unpredictable in New Zealand but the one thing you cannot predict is whether or not you'll get rained on I've been out clear blue sky and it's somehow raining on me sometimes I'll go to lunch and within the space of literally two minutes it'll start raining and then stop I'm not <laughs> even exaggerating <laughs> like literally two minutes Our so is that flying is... by at like 60 <laughs> miles an hour maybe that's their normal speed but <laughs> That's funny. Um, Just picture but, a cloud yeah, doing like the, a drive-by shoot. You know what I mean? <laughs> Going it's, by. it's the one annoyance with New Zealand weather. You mm. you lit- you could get rained on at any moment. Hmm. Do you? Uh, it's a surprise. <laughs> puppy surprise. Do you have any? Did you pick up any pets when you first got uh, there? You have anything no. keeping you company? No, no pets at the moment. Um, I'm just renting a room at the moment, and awesome. Yeah, you know, planning on moving to a more permanent space uh now that i've got the longer term visa uh so maybe a pet then but not at the moment so longer term visa so when you went there was it like a one-year visa or how did that work when Mm -hmm. you first went there to begin with yeah and then once you're there you just apply for something longer term how long term is a longer term visa Uh, my current one is a three-year visa nice you just have to reapply for that each time is that just based on the work or what is that based on um so it is a it's a work visa yeah through ggg um so, you know, one of the conditions is being employed at that company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could just keep reapplying for the same work visa, uh, or I could pursue residency after I've been here for, I believe, three years. But don't quote me on that. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. Have you had any surprises from local wildlife that maybe you're not used to? Not really. Um, I don't know. Most of the local wildlife stays out of the way here. 
Um, most of the local wildlife is is small birds. New Zealand actually didn't have, uh, I think, any mammal life except for a specific breed of bats before human beings arrived and screwed that up. Really? Yeah. It was only bugs, birds. There's still no snakes in New Zealand. They haven't figured out how to swim across from Australia. <laughs> they're actually, they're really strict about that. Like, you get caught trying to bring a snake into the country, you could find a ton of money. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really cool, though. Smart. They're very Smart. protective of their ecosystem here. If you As you go through the airport, there's also huge signs up everywhere saying, like, have you been checked for stink bugs and stuff like that? Like there's specific animals and species that they really don't want to let over the border because they would ruin the local eco uh, ecology. Oh, interesting. That is really, really cool. Hmm. Um, you were mentioning it's obviously difficult to travel and see people in person, loved ones that you have from where you used to live. Um, is it easy to keep in contact, though? I mean, you have a big time difference now, despite the, yeah. di the distance. Um, <laughs> time, are you still time. finding it relatively easy to stay in contact? Time difference can be rough, but um, I introduced I introduced much of my family to Discord, um, and so I talk with them on that a lot of the time now. Um, even my you know sixty something year old mother, nice. and she oh. she has a profile picture of the family cat now. <laughs> she's awesome. up, she's upgrading her skills. Yes, is Discord an easier thing than like a WhatsApp or something like that? Um, WhatsApp, I don't. I don't like WhatsApp uh, because mm -hmm. I installed it for that purpose. And then a couple weeks later, I started getting spam messages on it. And I'm not entirely sure how my number got distributed and stuff. I just don't trust the app. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot like more traditional contact things like phone or SMS or whatever, that, that would be costly in the end. Right. So yeah, yeah, just Discord just ended up being the easiest option. Do they? Does your mom use it on her phone or is this a computer thing? Yeah, she has the app on her phone. Oh, that's awesome. That's fun. Mm. Um, okay, so let's. I, I'm. We're kind of curious about that transition for you from going from streamer to now working at GGG. Did you find that? I mean, you mentioned that you knew people there, so you know, maybe made it a little bit easier. But yeah, you had done five years. You said streaming around right? there. I think like four and a half. Yeah. Uh, so was that an, an easy transition to then just go into working? At I GGG? think. I think it would be a little arrogant of me to say, yeah, it was an easy transition. I don't know. There was there was a lot to learn and a lot still to learn. You know, I've only been here um, a little bit over a year now. So it's um, overwhelming, but in a good way, I guess. Overwhelming, but in like an exciting way, because it just always feels like there's another thing for me to start doing, another step for me to take, um, you know, go from learning the absolute bare bones fundamentals of how to even like do anything useful to then being you know given tasks and I don't, I don't know how specific i could be so i'm having to be rather sure vague, of course yeah no, don't worry we're not um, trying to trick you into saying anything no it's it's been quite the learning process um i just you know hope that i've been worth the investment on their end is it um did when you started right into it were you right into the qa stuff or uh, yes. Your... Yeah. So that's that's the role that I started in, um, doing primarily QA for Pee One when I began, um, and then a number of months ago I moved on to the Pee Two team, um, which isn't to say that I never do Pee One related stuff anymore. I will jump back and forth between working on both, basically whenever it's needed, um, mm -hmm. or you know 
sometimes I'll be because I still play the live game. So sometimes I'll be like playing and just find a bug or find something that seems, you know, out of place. And then the next day I'll spend an hour or two on hunting that down, you know, so it's not yeah. like I'm on PUE2 team. I'm only allowed to do these five or six things for PUE2 and that's it. Like the the roles are a little more loosely defined than that. Is it sort of the style of job? where it's at least it sounds like it where it, your days aren't the same like you're kind of you know monday's not the same as tuesday and tuesday's not the same as wednesday um how do you mean not the same as in like working well, just like on... there's always there's always just it's something different it's not like you're doing the same thing every single day oh yeah well i mean there's always new particularly you know for poe2 where it's very much under active development and stuff like there's always there's always new stuff to do and new ideas being floated around and new things to talk about and pursue um like QA is a good chunk finding bugs and trying to break the game and making programmers and designers sad. Um, and then a good chunk, you know, talking about balance feedback and giving opinions on decisions that are e that have either been made or are in the process of being made. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to answer these questions. I used to work in uh, quality assurance as well. I used to work for Electronic Arts for... I always have to look at Justin or my wife to for how long it was like seven, nine years, whatever it was. So mm -hmm. I'm just curious about some of the like how when you find a bug, how does it kind of get? I don't know if you're allowed to say this, and I'm not trying to get you to say anything you shouldn't. But um, out with the question, Ty. When you find a bug, how do you? Is what's the grading system like, and how's the approval process work for trying to find something? Or sorry, for trying to system. fix something. So, you know, when I used to work, we'd have like letter grade bugs, right? And it would be like, oh, well, that's a that's a C grade bug. That's just a visual glitch that's not going to impact gameplay. Where uh, an okay. A bug would be like a, a crash bug that has to get fixed. B would be relatively serious, but it's not going to break the game, but it still makes the game suck. You know, I see what you mean. like that kind of grading system. Do you have is there anything um, like that? I mean, not a one to one. We have like a priority system as to what mm -hmm. needs to be worked on first. Um but yeah, not not like a letter grade system or anything. No, is it uh, the quality assurance department or the person that finds the bug, or you know maybe the head of QA who determines um, the severity of the issue? It's, um, I mean, the ultimate ruling on that would be down to the producers, I believe. Hmm. Um, though you know, oftentimes, like, oftentimes the judgment call, like, if I find a bug where this is not a real example but just like say casting for some reason casting absolution makes the game crash you know like this really straightforward simple bug simple crash where you can just do it with a button press like you know i can, I can mark that as high priority pretty pretty confidently and you know sure. i don't i don't think that's going to be an issue um but yeah it's it i don't know how specific i'm allowed to get so no I'll leave that's fine. How, no problem how big is the qa team I don't know a uh, couple, couple dozen people. Okay, is that? Do you guys all like true? work together with the QA stuff? Like, like um, do you all just test your own thing, or how does that work with regards to determining what you're going to be working on? Uh, so there is a head of QA, um, and so you know anything that he asks you to work on or directs you to work on is obviously a priority. But aside from mm -hmm. that, yeah, it is relatively self-directed. Like, um you know, changes will be made and then they'll be in our tracker and then you go and find things that have been completed and then you assign yourself to that thing and start checking it. Oh, um, that's cool. And 
I work pretty closely with the skill design team for Peewee 2. Um, mm -hmm. You probably met Rory at PAX. Yep. Um, and so James, Rory, I think he was saying that too. Yeah, James as well. Uh, so Rory Rackham is our lead skill designer. And then James is pretty much the other guy working on, the other designer working on skills for Peewee 2. You know, we all sit right near each other and those are primarily what I QA. So like, you know, trying to find ways to break any of the skills that you were playing um on the at the demo pretty much mm. um that comprises probably about half my workload maybe a little bit more so that's you know it's most of what i do trying to and break the, the rest of it yeah yeah trying yeah. to break skills and because there's a lot of skills and also a lot of supports and a lot of ways that they can interact and a lot of things that can break because of those ways that they can interact so it is it's a lot um to keep track of and i'm sure there's some stuff that i've missed and on top of that it's you know that also extends to things that aren't necessarily a new skill or a new skill gem you know like fundamental stuff like dodge roll broke so many things <laughs> none of it made it to the demo well i yep. hope none of it made it to the demo um because it was caught in time but you know there were all sorts of things and then all sorts of stuff where like oh what happens if you click a lever when you're a bear Oh, the game just crashes. It doesn't like that. Okay, what happens when you try to <laughs> climb down a ladder when you're a bear? Oh, the game just crashes. It doesn't like that. Um, mm -hmm. That sort of thing. Uh, so all those sorts of things is what the bulk of my day is taken up with. But then, you know, any other PUE2 related thing, if I have free time and it needs to be checked, I'll go check it. Um, and then I do... I am taking on a few design tasks here or there. Um, oh, cool. When when there's a relatively simple task and they want me to learn a thing. Uh, do you think, I imagine it probably does quite a bit, but like you obviously have quite an extensive history with POE one, just playing the game itself for large, large amounts of time. And mm -hmm. then, you know, doing builds and all that kind of stuff. Does that help quite a bit? I imagine with, you know, you trying to wreck things and find weird ways for things to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, especially when I was working more on POE 1, because a lot of that knowledge directly translates, but even then, like, larger, broader concepts tr translate pretty well to POE 2, um, you know, and I don't know, it's, it's often just a matter of, like, oh, God, how do I, I mean, you did, you did QA for a little while, <laughs> yeah. Tyler, so, well, I say a little while, probably longer than me, um, so you, you, you might get it as well, but, like, it's, just a matter of like loading up whatever it is I'm testing and fiddling with it until some weird idea hits me. And it's like, Ooh, I wonder what happens if I do that. Like, that's why I love my job <laughs> yeah. because it's just, it's just me getting to play with toys and make them do strange things. It's yeah. fun. No, I hear you. Well, see, here's the thing though. Like I have a lot of QA questions for you and I'm not again, trying to put you in an awkward place, but like when I was doing testing, I was doing testing on like FIFA on the first like mobile Nokia phone that ever played games in the world. You know what I mean? And like, okay. And I was doing stuff like, you know, NBA street, NBA street two on, you know, ancient consoles that people now have in like, I don't know, they trade them in and don't get anything for them. That's all there. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was basic. It was a lot of like racing and sports games and stuff like that. So there wasn't really an insane amount of combos that I could do. There wasn't a lot of creativity per se that there was required. It was, you play the game, there's the bugs they just show up so like poe like you said 
a billion different combinations that you can do with passive trees and skills and items and how do you guys deal with some of these i don't know like there's the community can put like hey if you do this 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 and this it's not supposed to do this or this like if it doesn't break the game how does mm-hmm. QA go about deciding, well, that's actually as designed, like it's it's a multi-step process. It's a complicated way to get there. How do you go from, yeah, that's actually an issue to that's as designed? Well, I mean, it helps that we're in the same building as the people who designed it. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. guess so, right? If, if a question like that comes up, it, it usually is just like relay it to the designer who is working on it um, because they're ultimately the one who's going to be making the call as to whether... There's some interaction that was intended or not. Um, yeah, it's it's not really down to QA there. Um, if it's like functioning and something isn't obviously breaking, but there's multiple ways it could be interpreted, then you you go to the designer since it was their their idea, their brainchild. Hmm. You ever scroll through the bug list on the actual form and oh yeah, select a few and hope for the best. Hope you can fix them quick. Or like it, find uh, the hundred percent repro rate to to get it fixed and yeah, send it up. Yeah, um, I have a I, I have a, a bookmark of a bunch of different uh, forums: the bug report ones, the technical support ones, the um, some of the more general ones. I look through those at least once a day. Um, cool. Oh, cool. And then also when you type slash bug in game, it it sends a report to us, so those get looked at too. Right, Wait, that's Hold cool. On. Yeah, slash, slash bug. bug I remember what? once Rory saying and then joking and almost regretting it. This like, if you type slash bug, you can tell us anything you want. You can say anything. You can send us any like because that's how it works, right? You like hit yeah, slash that, bug I mean, and then there's, there's your message. Yeah, if you type slash bug and then a message after that sends a report. Oh, interesting. Okay. Slash bug. Though it does have I a love character the Octavian. Limit. It was there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember what okay. it is exactly. It's like a few hundred or something. Um, sure. And sometimes people will write quite a lot. And <laughs> you just see it end mid yeah, It just ends yeah. in the middle, and then I don't know what the actual bug was. That's right. Like a couple They're days ago, we got one swearing yet. We, we when that does happen, but a couple days ago we got one where like someone was like, "I found a bug with the Forbidden Sanctum. I didn't want to report this bug in the forum because it was, you know, it has potential for player advantage. The bug is, and then it just and ended. It just ends. <laughs> does the user know that the character limits up? I don't believe so. That's oh, awesome. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> they wrote like a whole book and it doesn't go through. Oh, man. Uh, so when you went in, I'm. this is just a for fun question. When you joined GGG and you were going in as QA, was there anything that as you're flying there that you were going, <laughs> this is the one thing that I want them to fix? <laughs> uh, the only one I can think of is pretty minor. Um, so in Heist, there's the twins boss fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, I forget their names, but there's a cold twin. And then I think the other one is fire themed, but there's a cold themed one. And he does this huge slam attack that encases you in ice. Um, and it freezes you, but it's not a freeze. <laughs> um, it's, it's the same sort of debuff as the, uh, the elder immobilization actually. Okay. Um, oh, okay. but yep. it covers you in ice and it had it had a 2D visual on the debuff bar that was the same as Freeze. So I thought that I was getting frozen by it, even though I was on a character that was Freeze immune. Um, so, you know, I got there, I reported that, and, and the the end result was, I believe, we changed the art so that it doesn't, you know, it's not it's not it telling you that like it's, yeah, it's, it's not showing mm. you the, mm. that it's freezing you when it's not actually freezing you. Interesting. That's awesome. 
How difficult is it having played Path of Exile for so long? And you said you still play it on your own time as well. How yep. difficult is it to now that you're part of QA? It's your job to test the crap out of new stuff. It's your job to test the crap out of old stuff that exists. How difficult is it to... Sorry, I don't... Um, what we were talking about, QA. We were talking about... I heard how hard is it? Always hard. Um, if you know what I mean. Keep oh. that part in. Okay, I got it. It's back. Thank you. No, it's the it's it's turned back on. Somebody turned the switch back on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how difficult is it to like you're used to a game, you're used to how it works. You might be used to certain bugs after playing for five years, and now it's your job to find them and test them. Is it difficult to go from being used to something that maybe it's been a bug for a long time, but now you're used to that being a part of the game? Is it difficult thing to get over now that you're it's your job to find things no matter how long they've been there um i'm sure there's going to be somebody in the comments saying there's this bug that's been around for five years and you, <laughs> you should know about it but i can't think of anything that would fit that description um, uh, an example would be like the point one patch just came out for the current league that we're in and mm -hmm. the company just added in the description that srs is physical to fire conversion where oh so like actually described it on the gem Right now, I mean, mean that's uh, an example of something that was an that, improvement, <laughs> game improvement, not a bug fix. Uh -huh. But no, like when I've been playing SRS for forever and ever and ever, that's something I get used to. It's something that I forget isn't there. It's something that, of course, would be important information. But I'm so used to playing it that that information, the need for that information, is gone. And if I was to get hired at GG, maybe it wouldn't even cross my mind to bring that up despite the fact that i've played srs for five years you know what i mean mm -hmm. i can't think of any examples for the base game um i did see when we were at pax and gamescom quite a lot so we had a lot more players there than we did at XLCon, who are like very new to mm -hmm. obviously path of exile but even like arpgs in general and taught us a lot of things about what needs to be tutorialized um and like what so sort of in a similar vein to that, like what we just can't just like take for granted. Uh, oh, good. That's cool. So stuff like um, a lot of people would accidentally hit Z and then not realize they had turned off loot and oh, the loot, not right. turn it back on again. And then they wouldn't pick up anything for the rest of their, their play session. <laughs> I thought this was mm. supposed to be a loot game. <laughs> yep. Um, and, you know, things like just not knowing where the skill menu was or how to open that since that had moved all sorts of little things like that so, hmm. so it, not a direct answer to your question because i couldn't really think of an example but like yes it is very easy to have blind spots um as as a as a dev and it's it's very important to get other people in front of your game so that you can find those blind spots so that's actually a, a pretty good segue into chatting about xlcon and games com or con Gamescom? I think it was com with an M. Game, Gamescom. Uh, and then PAX West. So when we were there, I don't remember who we were chatting with that mentioned this to us, but it's it sounded like there was a relatively, at least to me, high percentage of players that were standing in these crazy lines that had never played Path of Exile uh, in any form. Uh, uh, like I think it was like 30%, but that still seemed really high to me. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I didn't do like an official survey or sure. anything going around asking, but... At least 30 does, does seem correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, there's a lot of people who were at those conventions who were just there because they loved gaming, you know, or, you know, maybe 
had heard of Path of Exile, but were a little scared off by the complexity of the, you know, 40th expansion being put out or something like that for mm -hmm. PoE. And so we're excited about a fresh slate with PoE 2, that sort of thing. So is that like, is that a useful thing, though, for you guys as you're watching people play or getting feedback from them? Like you kind of mentioned there that you learned the, you know, maybe some things maybe need to be tutorialized a little bit more oh, than absolutely. they have been. And it's also just really nice to because a lot of players who are relatively new to ARPGs or PoE or, or what have you had pretty good feedback like like they were happy with the game they they enjoyed playing it and that's you know that that's a load off to a degree um because like no it, obviously no shade meant to anyone who attended ExileCon. um they mm -hmm. are you know ExileCon was fantastic and it was full of lovely people but also it was mostly people who were big fans of path of exile um sure yeah you obviously know, if you're gonna spend thousands of dollars and fly around the world to go to a path of exile themed convention you probably like path of exile it's a pretty safe bet uh mm -hmm. so you know you're probably the kind of person who's also gonna like path of exile too so like if if we if if we had gotten mostly negative reviews from people at ExileCon, that would have been a big red flag. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, getting it in front of people who aren't such entrenched PoE veterans and still getting a good response and still getting generally positive feedback is is great. That's that's really really good. Uh, did you guys notice any sort of bug type stuff while people were playing it oh, at absolutely. Um, the conventions? I was talking to, I want to say it was absolutely. Rory that was, it was saying so frustrating. he was struggling. Yeah. yeah, Rory said it was he was struggling to watch some people play because he was like, don't, don't do that. It's like, <laughs> you know, tiny little things. Like, I think the uh, the rare monster mod that makes frost bolts happen, that was causing bloom explosions. Um, you know, so that's that's minor and pretty easy to fix. We just didn't spot it before. Um before the demo was put together uh, and other things like, you know, tornado causing desync, which I actually just today got a, a reliable repro for. Oh, good for you. Oh, cool. You, it's cool that it came from a convention where you're like, you know, the big goal is promoing PoE2, but you it also gives you guys a chance to really see with way more people mm -hmm. getting their hands on it. And in a lot of cases, probably doing stuff that maybe sometimes you wouldn't think of you know like a person yeah. that's brand new to poe is going to do something way different than yeah exactly i would imagine than you guys um and one thing i've learned in qa is that there's always another bug you just you can you can keep looking at something and you'll find another way in which it's broken it's just a matter of you know how broken is it and you know will will fixing this be worth the time to value sort of ratio um mm -hmm. you know but there's there's no such thing as a bug-free game. There's just such thing as a well-polished game. Sure. Definitely. Especially in Path of Exile 2, it's just so big. There's so many things that interact with different things in different ways that bug-free is not real. No. Um, when you were referring to feedback, um, whether it's at Gamescom, PAX West, XLCon, are some of these surveys, is it all just verbal feedback and you guys are taking mental notes until you get back? Or yeah. where does this feedback come well, from? Or how well, do I mean, you I did, get it? I did take notes of things on my phone and stuff in the notes app. But yeah, it was just us talking to uh, to players. I mean, it's part of why we actually like physically went to these conventions because we, we could have just had them staffed, I think, entirely by the um, by the temps. I think that was an option. I don't know. I wasn't the person setting it up, but I believe that was an option. Hmm. Um, hmm. But like we wanted to actually have people from the PoE2 dev team out there and interacting with people both because we know that the, the community likes to actually interact with people from the dev team. 
Um, and like, that's a good experience for players, but also because it gives us an opportunity to get direct feedback from the people that we're making this game for, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, Ty. I was just gonna, on the convention subject, um, mm-hmm. it must've been quite interesting to go. So you had XLCon and then it was a month or two months later that you had Gamescom. And then a week after that was PAX West, whatever, whatever that time frame is within Somewhere like a two there, month yeah. period, you were at three different, basically path of Excel style conventions, but all very different. You mentioned Excel cons for the Uber fan. Oh, I hate the Uber. Oh man. I said Uber. <laughs> it's staying in. Damn it. So anyway, the, for the Uber fan and then, you know, games cons just absolutely massive. You're one out of a million booths there, but you're getting an insane amount of attention, lots of interviews. And then of course, PAX West, different dynamic. It must've been really cool to see the difference of people there and the fans that were showing up and who's in the lineup, who's checking things out. There must've been quite a difference with all of them. I imagine that would have that was quite interesting to observe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's humbling to a degree to see how many people literally all over the world are interested. And I mean, even like passionate about Path of Exile. Um, and it's really cool <laughs> to be working on something. <laughs> did did that, it surprise you at all? I mean, sort of. Um, surprise might be the wrong word, but, you know, because I've, you know, I've, I've worked in some sort of Path of Exile adjacent job for a while, so I'm pretty aware of the scope of it generally, but like impressed, I guess. Very, very, mm-hmm. very That's much impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it is, it is humbling to be able to work on something that so many people care about and, what, and uh, a little ha- stressful at times, but humbling mostly. <laughs> stressful in what, in what regards? Well, you know, like, like Just I don't make them angry. Like I said, I've done uh, a number of smaller design jobs here or there and so there are some things in the game that are in the game because i thought they'd be good to be in to be there you know whether that be a number at a specific value or a thing in a specific place or whatever um and so you know this is a game that thousands and thousands and thousands of people play so obviously if i want to make decisions that are good because a lot of people are going to interact with the end result of that decision hmm. is your name forever attached to that decision so that they come back later and they're like hey this one didn't go well. I mean, <laughs> we do have a log of all the changes made to the game, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, technically, I suppose. <laughs> I don't think Fun. anyone's going to go do that. But, yeah, technically. Was it uh, pretty so, nerve-wracking being upstage at XLCon with all the crazy fans? Everyone knows who you are, and you were hosting some of the panels. Uh, was that pretty nerve-wracking? Yeah, definitely. Um, probably the most one of the more stressful things I've done in my life, but like, like good stress, if that makes sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the keynote, I watched back the video of it afterwards and you can just see on my face. It's just like complete laser focus as I walk <laughs> onto the stage. No, not relaxed at all. Um, some of the later presentations, I was a little bit more relaxed, but that keynote, I just really didn't want to screw it up. Well, I think when we were talking with you at PAX, we were laughing about the idea that it was legit that you, Mark, was just throwing stuff at you. Oh. Nothing really planned with the boss fight Oh, yeah, with the, with the boss fight talk. Oh, that was yeah. the boss fight one, right? Yeah. With the boss fight talk, yeah, that was that was entirely unscripted. Um, yeah, that was... That's fun. Now... Yeah, I died a lot more than I was than I was hoping to, obviously, but people didn't seem to mind. No, uh, everybody I, wants I actually it. enjoyed that we got to see you die. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was fun. Those bosses are tough, man. 
Yeah, I was impressed with the guy who came up and oh yeah, killed that one. Peewee players are are very good at their <laughs> yeah, they're a different beast. It's true. So <laughs> you did all this stuff in XLCon too. I'm just curious because you were at XLCon the first one. Yep. Um, not. Uh, I mean, you were doing. I think you guys did like maybe a bay class there, and I maybe. I don't. I don't think there was too much involvement on the actual XLCon event. Um, for XLCon one, we had the right? bay class episode at XLCon, and I did a um, on stage interview or on the streamer couch uh, thing. I did an interview right. with uh, Rory and Neon. Yep. So going now f from that to this version, where now you're obviously part of everything that's happening in the background, even more so than just you know a GGG staff person who's there and interacting you are a big part of it was that uh, like a fun shift was that an enjoyable thing to be able to be much more a part of things and seeing it from the other side than what you had seen from yeah. the first XLCon? i'd say so i i really liked being a part of it um you know i i would do it again <laughs> i had a good time did you did you find the like a big difference though leading up to it you know like because now you're a part in the back you're, uh, yeah. you're not you're not there to attend and just have fun you're there now to sort of you know be part of running it i mean there was a lot there was a lot more practice leading up to it that's one of the things actually that surprised me about the first xlcon was how freeform um they allowed me as a content creator to be for that like baycast was obviously unscripted uh because we talked mm -hmm. from what i remember we talked mostly about you know like the poe2 reveal and all that at the time mm -hmm. which none of us knew about beforehand so like obviously that whole thing was entirely unscripted and then even my interview with like Rory and Mark, I didn't run my questions by them beforehand. They didn't ask me to or anything. I just, they just trusted me. They're just like, here, here's what the, your interview is vaguely about, which I believe if I recall correctly, it was about like skill design and PoE too, uh, which now looking back on it feels like it was something of a job interview. <laughs> right? And yeah, just have at it, you know, just here's your broad topic, topic, talking point rather just, you have what was it 30 minutes 40 minutes go was there a struggle with xlcon 2 with you guys from you know a developer standpoint where the idea was okay we're we're giving all this information now with poe2 a lot more is going to be out there but you still have to be pretty careful about what you're speaking about what you're talking about some of the stuff that can't be talked about like is that is that hard when there's you know like i i, I feel just for me the idea was a lot of stuff was going to come out about PoE2, and which it did, obviously. Mm -hmm. But there's also still a ton of stuff that is, you know, we got to wait. We got to wait till June to get more info. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough, you know, even right now on this podcast. Sure. I have to be somewhat guarded in, in what I talk about and how I talk about it. Sure. Yep. And especially kind of more so at XLCon because there were a lot of people who, you know, wanted to get that little bit more information. You know, things like the, the VIP dinner. You know, you don't mm -hmm. want to drink too much because then you might say something. Yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, I'm <laughs> Yeah. People buying you drinks. And, well, and also the XLCon, the people there know so much about the game. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, they may find ways to ask questions that, you know, a person at PAX West who's just having fun trying out the game might not, mm -hmm. not fully understand it. Is the, is that, do you, like, is that tough though? Like with, like we talked to you at PAX West, we actually found stuff out of PAX West from, you know, our talks with Jonathan and some other people too, that we had never heard before, which was fun to find out about. But is that a struggle for you as you're talking? I mean, you said it is now, but like just in general, I guess, I don't know how often you're talking to people outside of grinding your games though about PoE too. Not super often. 
you know, I don't really do a lot of public stuff anymore. I stream now and again on my channel, uh, but it's usually variety games. Um, yeah. Do, 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 when you're doing your streaming, I think we talked to you a little bit about this when you were in PAX, but is that, you know, is there a struggle there too? Like with regards to being careful about what you're talking about? Eh, it's usually fine. You know, like most, mostly the only folks who tune into my stream are people that are like long, long time fans who are just happy to see me back live again for a little bit. They're, you know, perfectly aware that I'm not really able to answer specific questions about PUE2 and stuff. It's only happened like once or twice where someone comes in and asks something and I have to be like, yeah, sorry, can't tell you about that. Yeah. Like, I did Wait, have someone just ask, never... like, what's the next league mechanic? It's like, what do you expect me to answer to that? <laughs> what do you, what well, do you think? You. What do you think is going to happen here? <laughs> right. And, and you have Chris on Chris Wilson on one of his more recent interviews saying, we don't know what two leagues away is going to be. We only know what the next league is going to be. And they're asking you for three leagues away content. Can't, when, can't answer that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're playing um, PoE one, do you ever, I, I, I'm just trying to think too, like, is there ever points where you're like thinking in your head, Oh, this is going to be different or, Oh, I, this is going to be changing or something like that. Um, like, are you able to play PoE one? In its current, I know you guys were all actually talking. I think everybody was talking about their excitement to get back home and start playing um, Tota and, you know, get into it. But is there a struggle to play just the base? I mean, it is the base level of the game at its current, you know, league release. Yeah, I don't know. Um, not so much for me. Like, I do notice problems a little more often now because, you know, I'll notice something like, oh, that animation isn't quite right. Or, you know. Oh, really? Hmm. You know, tiny, tiny things that, like I said, you can always look closer and find another bug. Um, you know, like your kind of brain's getting tuned into that now too. So yeah. that you're looking more for that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a, a shadow that isn't rendering from something or like uh, animation that plays slightly wrong or, you know, bloom that's a little bit off or something. It's usually minor stuff like that. Um, so, so, you know, that, that can make it a little bit more annoying to play the game when that stuff is just bothering you. But I wouldn't say that, like, I still, I still love Path of Exile. Um, I haven't played it very much this league, but that's primarily because of the trip abroad. Um, I do mm -hmm. have a character now at level like 90 in hardcore trade. Um, so I'm thinking of rerolling because mines make my hand hurt. Oh, really? My what is that what you play? You, you mean a mine? Yeah, pirate class mines. Uh, and yeah, my hand, my hand is starting to hurt a little bit. I'm not the, the, I don't have the the strong gamer tendons that I once did, I guess. So, what are you thinking of rerolling? You're only what twenty nine? Yeah, twenty nine. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of going SRS actually, SRS Guardian. Um, cool. Or potentially doing some dual strike nonsense because I want to see how far I can push that in hardcore. But you always play hardcore. Generally, yeah. Um, I just find it. I find it more interesting to play the game when I have to care about defenses or else I lose. Uh, mm. And so I like, cause whenever I play soft core, I find myself just making these like full glass cannon characters and then getting mad at myself when I die. And it's like, yeah, I could just not do that and impose, impose a restriction on myself to say like, I have to be X amount of tanky, but it's much easier when the game imposes that restriction on me instead. Right. Hmm. I would find it hard to go from like God mode, do whatever you want to like, oh, I can die. <laughs> no, it's, I'm, I'm not like advocating one direction or another. People can play whatever mode they like. No, no, I mean, sorry, from your QA side. 
where you can like oh you know, i see what you do mean. whatever you so want like in, yeah. you know in qa where you have like cheats and stuff to mm-hmm. you know test the game with yeah i guess i don't know um i don't know i just i can sort of compartmentalize it i don't know why to mm. me like the game when i'm testing is not really path of exile in the same way as the game when i'm actually playing right they're kind of they're, they're fairly different experiences is it difficult is being that- in qa maybe motivation is the right word motivating yourself to like oh yeah that's a bug right now it's pretty minor but it's oh no never mind i was gonna say but it's going away when poe2 comes but i in my head poe2 was replacing poe1 so never mind yeah no no not, question because it's poe1 is staying yeah mm-hmm. uh, when you were playing xl at xl con for everybody was there anything we missed on the screen um, anything that maybe i don't know did, did you notice anything any any bugs you mean live no, at no, no 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 i'm I'm referencing a conversation that we had in in Seattle where there was something that you were surprised that people hadn't talked about yet. That oh, was displayed. well, I mean, people just had if we have it. to get rid of this part of the podcast, yeah, you, can't, you can't tell us. No, you can't tell people, us. You well, maybe find it. Maybe. have to find it. <laughs> Can you tell us which? I, I tried so hard to watch while you were typing, but I was like lost. <laughs> which, which, and I'm not going to go back and freeze which, frame. Which, That's which one was it? Do you remember? Was it the boss one or was it the um, people are going to have to find it? I'm not. I'm not giving hints. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. The hunt is on. The hunt is on. So I am actually curious with regards to like as as you as you guys get close to league launch for each league for Poe One, does QA shift at all? to put more focus into getting ready for that league launch or if you're sort of focused on poe2 do you just uh, continue no, I, down that road like i said earlier I, I will jump back and forth between both games so i'll definitely like help out the poe1 qa team when it's getting mm-hmm. closer to league launch for sure um you know did, did a lot of testing of, of uh trial before heading off to uh um germany that's the word i was looking for yep. hmm. seems like a really open company like you People seem to get along well. It seems like you can talk to anyone. I don't know if that's how it works. Are like, are you allowed to just message anyone at any time? Is there sometimes a hierarchy to relax on track or to maintain traffic a bit with suggestions or recommendations? No, I mean, I can message pretty much anybody if I want to. I mean, you know, if I just started spamming, I don't know chris or mark or somebody with like a million messages that would probably be annoying and i probably shouldn't do that but like if there's something i need to talk to them about i can ping them that's that's cool that it's that open that was definitely not my experience with my company that i worked with for sure so that's really cool what else do you play when you're chilling out like you say you play sometimes poe when you're back home do you ever need a break from poe i probably would despite the fact that it's my favorite (laughs) game what do you play when you do need a break um i've played a lot of tarkov lately escape from tarkov that is um i one of my favorite recent games that i picked up is called raven's watch it's sort of like um it's got similar combat to hades but it's a much shorter like tighter game loop than hades so basically the premise is you like load into a map and the map is randomly generated with a bunch of little missions and stuff all over it. Um, so there's, you know, things like treasure chests to find. And then there's, um, you know, stuff like encounters where if you beat them all, then you get extra XP and all that. And the goal is to, the 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 run has a four day night cycle. And the goal is to get as much loot and levels as you can within those four days. And then at the end of the four day, four day night cycle, you fight a big boss. 
And then if you beat the boss, you won that run. And then you... You carry that stuff over to the next round uh, then? Or? No, you, your character that you played does get some XP, so they level up and you unlock new things that you can get in future runs, but anything, any, all the specific stuff you got in that run goes away. So it's got like meta progression. Hmm. Um, so it's like a rogue light in that regard. Um, mm -hmm. but it's got a, real, a lot of really neat little gimmicks. Like one of them is a lot of the characters and enemies, their skills function differently depending on whether it's day or nighttime. So the day-night cycle is more than oh, just wow. cosmetic, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, and then all the characters that you play as are like these sort of grimdark realizations of um, fairy tale characters. So you can play as like Red Riding Hood, for instance, and then during the nighttime she becomes the wolf. Oh, cool! Well, that's interesting. Can I'm just gonna random quickly... find you found or what? Uh, I yeah, just found it when I was browsing through games on Steam. It's by Pastex Studios, I think, which is the same people that made Curse of the Dead Gods, which is why I picked it up because I really liked Curse of the Dead Gods. Hmm. What was this game called again? Uh, Raven's Watch. Raven's Watch. The only issue with it right now is that it's a little bit content light. Like, there's only I think one or two maps that you can play on. They are randomized each time, but in terms of like tile sets, there's one or two maps you can play on and like there's hmm. one or two bosses and like six characters. So it's it's in early access. But like the fundamentals of the game are really good. They just need to add more stuff. Of the uh of the five classes that we've seen so far for PoE two, mm -hmm. do you have a favorite? Probably Huntress. Yeah. Yeah. Spear skills just gel really well together in my opinion. Um the the, hmm. the kit feels like it flows really, really well. I feel like we only got to see it once. I think we only saw it one time. I think Crip maybe played it once at XLCon. Mm -hmm. It felt like we saw a lot of Warrior or Barbarian or whatever it's uh, called. Warrior, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Warrior's fun. I mean, it's it's probably either Huntress or Druid for me. Um, but Huntress, I think, beats out Druid just a little bit because Whirling Slash is super fun. Whirling Slash is the one. It's a spear skill where you attack and it creates a little sandstorm around you. And then as you attack within that sandstorm, it grows up to a max. Uh, and then when you leave it, it explodes. And that, oh, that explosion okay, is just really, really satisfying. What's the, uh, like the, the Huntress style of play? What would that be sort of comparable to in current um, PoE 1? That's kind of hard. <laughs> is there anything? Like the, the philosophy of skill design and combat is at a fundamental level relatively different in PoE 2 than it is in 1. So it's... Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a large part of the reason why the games diverged. Um, so it's a little hard to compare, but it is pretty highly mobile. Mm. Um, and like, it's a lot of, cause she has both an engage and a disengage ability. Um, and, you know, engaging, getting sandstorm stacks or whirling slash stacks and then disengaging out, like causing explosion and just weaving those things together is a lot of fun. I don't really think that there's something that's too comparable from PoE 1. It's it's kind of crazy because you had these you got these five different classes that we got to see and then everybody playing them at the demo and we're not even talking ascendancies yet like we're literally just base classes no passives. Uh, well, like that's it's pretty. There were passives on the characters. Um, we just didn't have the passive oh, like tree in a state that we wanted to show yet because it still wasn't quite yeah. done. Um, but there were actually passive trees. Um, so there just, were any passive skills being assigned in the background yes. when you would level? So when or? you, when you oh, level okay. up, it would automatically assign them, um, which, hmm. yeah. So it, it just wasn't quite polished enough that we wanted to show it off um, because yeah. we preferred to, you know, give no impression rather than a bad one. Sure, sure. Yeah, especially because you knew if that was, if somebody hit P and could pull that up, there was going to be 
screw my 45 minute demo. I'm just going to. Somebody would probably have done that, yes. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Well, that's cool. Dang, you have me thinking about PUE2 and PUE2 questions. Mm. We're not going to ask nope. them. Nope. All right. Um, Do you like it? As long as you don't <laughs> no. mind the occasional, like, sorry, can't answer that or vague answer, then go ahead. Oh, I, just... oh no, I don't mind. I just don't want to put you in an awkward position or anything like that. Um, my question uh, What are the ascendancies for the Huntress? <laughs> Yeah, I can't answer that, sorry. Yeah, it's not right. awkward for me, I just feel bad for your no, listeners. No, no, like... don't, don't, don't. They'll, they're well aware. They've heard us. I was going to ask episodes. about item weight, because it seems like there's like 600 new items, and I don't know if, obviously I don't know if you're allowed to talk about item weight, but it just seems like right now items and how they show through filters, custom filters, are all based on either their implicit or their stat value, like uh, whichever one-handed sword has the fastest attack speed or fastest total base dps or based on whatever implicit's different but because implicits are going to be so different and skill based as well it seems like there's just going to be so many it's like every item you know the the naive idea i have in my head is that items you're just gonna want every item to show is item weight going to be similar to what we have now in terms of drops and and value and you may need to clarify for me what you mean what you mean by item weights like drop yeah. weightings of things well um the the frequency of drops versus what people are going to want to identify and pick up uh it's kind of hard to say um yeah i don't because that, that depends pretty heavily on like what is strong and you know where itemization ends up in terms of what we expect you to need at certain points in the story or for the end game for a character to be successful. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know that I can, and this isn't me trying to dodge the question, but I, I just don't know that I can realistically answer that with sure. the state of development that we're at. Like it's yeah. to some degree an open question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, are, I'm uh, sure there are, are more solid, done though. Right. Uh, well, I'm, not 100% on all of them. I'm sure there's, if, if you had Rishi on this podcast, I, th I think he'd be better able to answer that question. Um, right. But yeah, I'm not 100%. Well, I'm trying to remember if if I heard this correctly or not. Is Were supports only drop only in PoE2? Support skill gems? Um, yes, supports are drop only. Interesting. So they, that's the ruthless mentality straight into the just the main game then? Is that the idea? Like, well, I, I mean, I don't actually care why I'm, I'm, I am a little bit curious, but does that make a build struggle a bit early on? Um, well, supports are also not a, generally, uh, not a significant or even a source of damage for a build. Like, uh, I remember supports, them saying that, right? Yeah. Supports are more going to be focused on doing interesting functional things, um, or hmm. things that, you know, may change the direction you're going with a build rather than just being, I don't know, like, like melee, like a melee physical exactly, or whatever. Yes, where it's just like, here's more damage. Okay. If you're doing melee damage, that is physical. We, mm. um, so like, yes, you're unlikely to have as many supports at a given point in like the early game of the story or whatever, but you also mm -hmm. don't like need them as much. Mm. Okay. Well, that's cool then. Uh, yeah, I guess I maybe just assumed it was similar to the supports of, what we see right now so that confused me a little bit to the idea that you lose this relatively large power spike no and, to and a skill gems draw. are also like 
balanced differently around that or i should say the interplay of like skill gems and character damage and monster health and all that sort of thing like it's balanced in a way where it's assuming that you're not going to have all this damage coming from support gems because there isn't a ton of damage coming from support gems anymore oh that's cool yeah Hmm. that's really neat i didn't mean to put get this onto poe2 we wanted to talk about you but um the so thank you for answering those um when poe2 is finally released what do you what are you hoping to do like you'll you'll be qa are you hoping to be i guess you said it was pretty fluid are you hoping to spend a lot of time with poe2 are you hoping to kind of get the mix and match um what are you hoping to do once poe2 is released i mean i feel like i'd likely stick with poe2 development primarily because you know i I've been learning quite a bit of it and it would be a shame to just learn all that stuff and then go, Hey, sorry. Bye. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I do eventually want to move towards more of a design role. Um, so, you know, maybe what kind of design I'm not hundred percent certain. <laughs> um, what I've been learning is quite a lot of skill design related stuff because that's what I work on for the most part as QA. So, you know, occasionally when there's a relatively easy design task to take on that i can do um it's usually something that you know is skill related so is it tough doing qa on a continuously evolving game like you know poe1 is not continuously evolving in the sense that the base game is where it is and it's just the league but poe2 i again i don't know what state you guys are at but i assume it's still evolving yeah it can be as we get towards june so i mean it's a lot of asking design intent you know going like oh, this skill gem works a bit differently than it did three days ago. Is that a bug or did we make that change on purpose? You know, <laughs> right. Do we want this to work this way now? But usually it's just mm. turn around in my chair and ask Rory. Like, it's not that hard. That's pretty awesome. If, with um, controller support, is there like one person that's forced to play controller support, even though they might prefer keyboard and mouse and it's like a punishment? They have like I'm, I'm, now that's not a diss like I'm, I'm joking that it's a diss Tyler from like the PC controller. race, but I only play controller support or console. So every, it's an enjoyment for me. Every QA has a controller at their desk. So um, <laughs> victory. Are they touched? Are they dirty? They look like <laughs> yeah, they probably mine, mine, is, mine is fairly dusty um, because I don't <laughs> do a lot of controller testing for PoE 2 uh, as of just yet. Um, but yeah, like it's it's something that's kept in mind you know like like whenever there's a league mechanic that has a ui or whatever you've got to make it function with controller input as well as mouse and keyboard so that means that anyone who's testing that particular aspect of the league mechanic needs a controller so that they can test that functionality hmm. that sort of thing what about mobile do you guys do like are you part of, um, of any of that stuff? we have a dedicated mobile uh qa team oh okay uh though i did do a little bit of help with mobile device testing just before xalcon just to make sure it worked when you guys yeah i mean they got, they got a bunch people you know got up because xalcon was a huge deal so a bunch more hands on deck for that but yeah mm-hmm. the cleaning crew ever come in during the day and you have like somebody vacuuming around your desk for like 45 minutes straight and you don't realize it until they've been there for forever and they're like taking notes instead of vacuuming uh no no that, that is not specifically <laughs> happened to me but i'll keep an eye out for it do you know if the cleaning crew is hiring um no i haven't checked sorry okay nope no problem if you just happen to run into me um you may have to make your way to new vacuuming. zealand good luck <laughs> <laughs> yeah me and my pet snakes doot, doot. Oof. 
pulled over right at the airport. So what's uh, what's the rest of this year look like for you? Are you gonna are you going home at all at Christmas time? Or are you gonna be just staying out there? Uh, in February, I'll be visiting home. Um, oh, cool. I'm turning thirty, so going home for that. Uh-huh. To celebrate. Nice. fat. Thank you. How, how long is that? Do you go for like a week? Uh, two two weeks? weeks. What do you do? Nice. That'll be sweet. <laughs> and what do you do like holiday wise when you're sticking sticking around in New Zealand? Like, have you had? Right, in a year, would you have gotten um, much holiday time? I was here for last Christmas, yeah. Uh, didn't yeah. really do much, just kind of stayed here. <laughs> Did they get snow? No. Well, no. on the mm. uh, southern island, yes, but not here in Auckland. Mm. So, well, we could say, what are you doing outside of, you know, if you're not playing video games and you're not working, what are you doing? Those are kind of the things I do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just took away. Yeah. I, I I try and get outside a little bit every now and again. Um, I live right near a mountain range called the Waitakere's, and so I've gone up on on those on the trails, like hiking. Yeah, nice. Gone Sweet. hiking in those a couple of times, but yeah, kind of covers it. Do you guys do any sort of like team building stuff? Um, you go out with like there's like a company uh, dinner after every league launch, like a little party thing. Oh, cool. It's held at various venues. Um, and I think there's been a few times where they've done like, not, not so much like company outings, but like someone at the company does an outing and they invite, they have like just an open invitation for anyone at the company wants to go. So like, I think there was a fishing trip a number of months ago and there's like, um, uh, airsoft stuff coming up soon. Oh, I reckon just start shooting each other. (laughs) Sweet. That's awesome. Get out that, uh, that anger. Well, I'm very happy for you. It seems like you're having a fantastic time and uh, enjoying your choice. So I'm happy for you. It seems like a fantastic place to work. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy here. New Zealand has been great and GGG has been great. Is it is there an excitement towards the idea of the POE2 coming out? Because then you're obviously much more free to just, you know, you don't have to be careful about what you talk about. Like from from your guys' perspective, are you as excited for POE2 to eventually be released as everybody else? I hope so. Isn't I? I hope everyone is very excited for PUE two because we're pretty excited for PUE two. Well, it seems like the community's pretty, pretty excited for it. I can't wait. The spirit stuff is what I can't. Wait. I'm, I'm minions only. Like I'm basically zombies only, or zombies and something. And I I can't wait to see what all that kind of stuff is as the as those reveals start coming through. It's gonna be sweet. Excellent. Did any of that stuff? Was any of that stuff in the the demo? Like the spirit. Reservation, spirit that as, kind of stuff. Just, just as a concept. Yeah, spirit was in the demo, and you could use some skills, like you could reserve. Yeah, um, most of okay. the demo characters had some spirit reservation effect, like the the huntress had a herald, for instance, that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Where's cool. I, I was trying to see it on the display when Justin and I were watching XLCon live, and then going back over the videos after trying to find certain parts. Like I've probably seen them a hundred times now. I couldn't see where spirit was currently. Uh, it's just on over the, the bar. So over the circle. And yeah, there's like a little meter that's sort of a golden uh, yellow. Um, oh, just like a, a crescent over top, like a rage yeah, bar. Yeah, like sort of like a rage, of a rage bar, yeah, bar, but a bit a bit thicker oh, okay. and like embellished. Hmm. All right, I'll go back and find it. Cool. And I will look that's at every single one of your gameplay moments at XLCon and find out this <laughs> thing that must be discovered. Okay. It's probably nothing. It's probably something. <laughs> it's it's going to be exciting. Something. Yeah. All right. Well, let, we're going to let you go. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Oct, for you know taking some time and chatting with us and letting us nerd out a little bit about uh, your role and your life and POE2 and all that good stuff. We appreciate it. Sure. 
Thanks for having me on. That was really awesome. Really appreciate your time. Let's wrap this up. Forever Exiled episode 207. I'm Justin AK Tags. I'm Tyler Wrecker of Days. And our big special guest. Hi, hi, I'm Oxavian. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Nailed it. Right on. Uh, hey, you're going to go play in your lawn now, you. right? Now you can go like roll it's around in green. the grass with your it's, oranges and lemons. No, lime it's green. It's like 7 lemons. p.m. Yeah. It's dark out. Is the grass green? Yeah. Okay. So well taken care of. It's not like a yellow lawn like we have here. No, it's it's nice and lush and beautiful and <sighs> lucky. All right. Um, <laughs> patrons, we'll catch you in After Dark. Everybody else, we'll see you next week in episode 208, I think. Yeah. Good luck, Octavian. Thanks so much.